0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You have your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5, and we are finishing a series. We're crossing the finish line today of a series called Soul Care. Somebody say Soul Care. Just to give you a quick review, uh, over the last four or five weeks, we talked about what a healthy soul looks like. Uh, We've talked about stress. We talked about burnout. Uh, We talked about depression. If you were here last week, we talked about the need for rest, not just physically in your body, but spiritually in your soul. And didn't Pastor J.T. Terry do a fantastic job here at our Highland Campus? I know I was at our denim campus last week, and I did my best to keep up with what Pastor J.T. was saying. And uh, so uh, we're just so thankful today. I believe today we're going to finish with an exclamation point. The topic for today is simply this, fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety. How many of you know somebody that may need to hear this message? Some of you may be elbowing the person next to you. I I thought maybe a good way to introduce this topic was to show you a quick video. I don't know if you've seen this video or not. It's kind of a a practical joke, a a prank that was played on a mailman, okay? I think this thing went viral, okay? You're going to see a a mailman that's kind of sorting through some mail, and a guy walks up, and he's got a sound on his phone like the sound of a vicious barking dog. Okay, turn your attention to the screen and check out this moment. Come on, turn your neighbor and say, he ain't right. Listen, if you do that to me, I ain't delivering mail to your house no more. How many of you know fear can jump on you. Can I have a good amen? Amen. In moments where you... It is kind of funny, though. It is funny. It is. It is funny, but you ain't right. In in moments where you least expect it, in fact, many of you have heard this acronym fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Come on now. Some of you need to write that down. We're getting started already. False evidence appearing real. Real. That mailman had a real threat in his mind. It, 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 it was a perceived reality. There was something big and vicious and ugly chasing him. And sometimes we can find ourselves running in moments where we didn't even expect. I heard this joke recently. Uh, for many years, a woman, she, she couldn't sleep at night because she was just so worried that her home would be broken into. And so for years... This thought dominated her mind day after day, month after month. For years, she was worried that a burglar would come and break into her house. Well, one night, her husband heard a noise in the house. So he went downstairs to investigate. When he got there, sure enough, he found a burglar. And he stopped the man. He said, excuse me, sir, could could you come upstairs with me and meet my wife Because she's been waiting to meet you for the last 10 years. Now listen, how many of you know a thief can steal from you once? But fear and anxiety can rob you for decades. Fear and anxiety are no laughing matter. This is a hard-hitting topic, and we have to talk about it when we talk about the health of our soul, because for some of you, you have been robbed by anxiety, worry, and fear, not just for a moment, but for decades. And I believe that today, God wants to help us take back what the enemy has stolen from us. Listen to some of these statistics. According to a Boston University report back in 2015, anxiety has surpassed all other disorders in America. The last three decades, anxiety has jumped 1,200% in our country. Over 40 million American adults suffer from anxiety and fear. One psychologist, Dr. Robert Leahy, he wrote a book called Anxiety Free. Listen to what he said. He said the average American teenager today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. The World Mental Health did a survey taken of 14 countries and found that Americans were the most anxious people on the planet, more so than countries like Nigeria, Lebanon, and even the Ukraine. Some of you know the, the world conflict that's happening on a global level. And yet right here in the most prosperous country of the world, we struggle with fear and anxiety. Over $18 billion have been spent on prescription medicines to treat anxiety and mood disorders. I thought about, you know, this is, we call this the land of the stars and the stripes. But this could be called the land of stress and strife. You know, the enemy of our soul wants to dominate us with this idea of fear. Now, there's a, there, there's a difference. I want you to see kind of the lanes that some of these emotions run in. Fear comes to you in the form of a seed. You know, if you feel a threat, your body has this built-in mechanism. Fight, flight, or freeze. Fear comes to you in the form of a seed. But then when you add worry On top of fear how many of you know worry will water that seed that seed begins to grow when it's watered by worry and then when that seed grows into full-blown fruit anxiety is this thought of of completely being overwhelmed with a sense of doom Uh, I want you to consider this how many of you you have like a, a smoke alarm at your house how many of you have ever experienced a time when that alarm went off at the most inopportune time? Oh, yeah. I remember New Year's Eve, we hosted a family gathering at my house, and everybody was there till past midnight. We finally crawled into bed, and about 2.30 in the morning, every fire alarm in the house went off. I mean, how many you know when you're ripped out of a sleep like that, you're thinking, man, the house is burning down. And I'm like, man, what is going on? It woke everybody up. I'm having to get on ladders and check you know, smoke detectors and finally I just got so mad I ripped the battery out of all of them. <laughs> Anybody ever done that? <laughs> now we do that in our flesh. I just gotta, gotta quit the noise. You know what, it, it's wrong to be mad. Don't get mad at the system. The, the, the system is just doing its job. The system is indicating to you something's going on and it ain't right. How many of you know, man, it's it's an indication. It's a signal to you. Uh, It's aggravating, but it's indicating. And it's the same way with fear and anxiety. Your body has this biological threat system built within you. And there are certain things that can trigger that alarm in your life. Maybe it's a traumatic experience you had as a kid, and then you get triggered by something you see or what, what somebody says. Maybe it's a thought pattern that you've developed over years. You know, and maybe it was kind of the cultural norm in your house growing up. Maybe you feel threatened at work or you feel threatened in a relationship or you carry this constant, constant sense of doom over your life. Now, just like we talked about depression, anxiety and fear have different levels of severity as well. There's general anxiety. There's obsessive compulsive. There are panic disorders. There's PTSD. There's social phobia. All these things are documented. If you're here today and you have chronic anxiety or fear, I encourage you, to talk to somebody about it. Talk to a counselor. Set up a meeting with a therapist. Go see a doctor. There is help that's available to you. If you're on a prescription because of some emotional disorder, don't feel less than a person. Don't allow the enemy to say, well, you don't have faith. You don't have belief. You just don't pray enough. Well, if you prayed longer, if you prayed louder, if you were just more spiritual, you wouldn't be battling with this thing. Can I tell you, that's the devil. The devil wants to keep you isolated in your anxiety. I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. I'm not a licensed professional counselor, so I'm not going to diagnose anybody. But as your pastor, I want to walk you through some of the scriptures that can encourage you because everybody's pathway is different. Uh, Let me tell you this. Healing and freedom come from God. But God will use whatever is necessary to walk you down the path to where you can experience wholeness, not just in your mind, but in your soul. Can I have a good amen? God is the source of healing. God is the source of freedom, but he's going to partner with you and give you exactly what you need. Your pathway may look different than my pathway, but God's going to guide our steps. Today, we're going to take a few steps as it relates to fear and anxiety. First Peter chapter five, I I thought this was an interesting passage. I want to read this to you. Uh, Read several verses out of first Peter chapter five, giving you some context. Um, Peter is, of course, he's one of the most famous of all the disciples. The apostle Peter, history tells us, was probably the oldest of the 12 disciples. Many of you know that he was married, and he was seasoned, so he had a lot of life experience. By the time he writes 1 and 2 Peter, he's up in age. Uh, He's uh, what maybe you would call uh, older in, in age, Uh, maybe got a little senior citizen swag going on. He's very knowledgeable and experienced. So toward the end of his life, he's writing this letter to a group of churches, okay? These are churches all throughout Asia Minor, and these churches are under attack. I thought about this before I even read the scripture to you. The birthmark of a believer is a bullseye. The birthmark of a believer is a bullseye. When you say yes to Jesus and you are born again, there's a bullseye that's drawn on your back. And just as the apostle Peter wrote this to the church that was under attack, I think that there's something for us to learn 2,000 years later because as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we are under the attack of the enemy. And the devil would attack us in different ways. If he can't get to you directly, he'll go through your kids. Come on, how many of you know you're only as happy as your saddest child? If he can't touch your faith, then he'll try to touch your body. He'll try to attack you with sickness. You know, he'll try to attack you mentally and emotionally. Peter writes these words to believers who have a bullseye on their back, and this is what he says, 1 Peter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you who are younger, remember this is Peter in his twilight years, You who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. How many of you need God's grace? When the Bible says God opposes, he resists. I know it's football season. You see like a guy running with the ball and and, and a defender goes to tackle him. He'll stiff arm to try to avoid the tackle. I don't want God to stiff arm me. God opposes arrogance, pride, self-sufficiency, but what does he do with the humble? He gives grace. How many of you need the grace of God in your life? Oh, yes, we do. We need grace, grace, and more grace. What's the pathway to receive God's grace? humility. He opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Look at what it says in verse 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. There's that word anxiety. Here's where fear and worry and anxiety are introduced. I want to Walk us through this passage, but I want to show you three simple things when it comes to fear and anxiety. Number one, the Bible says, humble yourself. What's interesting, the literal translation of verses 6 and 7, they're not separate, they're not independent, but they are one sentence joined together. Isn't it interesting that God, in his wisdom, through the Apostle Peter, would take the topic of anxiety and bring the component of humility into it. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, here's what's, what's interesting to me. The answer to an anxious heart is found in humility. The answer to the anxious can be found in this, this thing called humility. And who better to teach us about humility than the apostle Peter? Remember when he when Jesus was predicting that Peter would deny him? What did Peter do? Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus, you got it wrong. How many of you aren't bold enough to tell Jesus he gets it wrong? Okay, you laugh. But sometimes we let anxiety do things in us, and we say, but Jesus, wait a second. You don't know me. My situation is different. Mm -mm -mm. Peter steps up and says, Lord, I will never deny you. In fact, I will die before I deny. And Jesus is like, oh, Peter. How many know Jesus will teach us humility? Now, Peter says the way to deal with anxiety is to humble Yourself, the only way to find your foundation is to hit rock bottom. And some of us, I'm going to tell you this. I battled with anxiety about 10 or 11 years ago. I had a major season in my life. And I felt like it was important in in this topic to just bear my soul with you. To let you know that anxiety, it hits all of us. it, it, It doesn't matter if you're spiritually elite or if you're a beginner in the faith. And I went for probably for about a year, maybe a little over a year, and I had this overwhelming sense of doom in my life. I really did. And my dominant thought was this, Mike, you don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. And I found myself every day trying to prove something to somebody. I'll tell you, I know I'm speaking to somebody right now because I had to prove to myself and I had to prove to others you know, this, this dominant thought that I don't have what it takes. Well, yes, I do. Nobody's going to outwork me. Nobody's going to outdo me. I'm going to prove her and him and them. And I'm going to show everybody that I have what it takes. And you know what I was doing? I was entering into this world of me. I was right in the middle of all of it. Then it was a season of stress and pressure, but I put my dominant thought on myself. Now, what's interesting, I want you to look at the word Anxiety. Okay, check this out. Check out the screen. Look at this word. What do you notice right in the middle of anxiety? Oh, yeah, yeah. I is right in the middle. It's interesting to me how maybe we're so anxious because we put ourselves in the very center. Some of you are like, man, I just feel feel the weight of the world on me. And I went for a year feeling like that. And you know what? Rightly so, because when you put yourself in the center, you make it about you. And God was showing me, wait a second, Mike, it's not about you. Why don't you trust me through you? Now, I wish I could go back 10 years ago because I dealt with anxiety longer than I should have. But my issue, it wasn't what was happening around me. My issue was me. Notice what else. So I is in the middle of anxiety. Look at pride. Notice what's in the middle of pride. It's the same thing. Maybe, maybe some of us are bearing weight that we were never intended to carry. I know for me, I needed to admit I need help. I wasn't willing to do that. It took me about 15 months to invite somebody else in. Can I tell you this? Never underestimate the support of the people who love you. Don't underestimate that. God loves you, and he will put you in the context of a spiritual family that can walk with you and put their arm around you and say, Listen, it's going to be all right, because what you're suffering, what you're battling, it's not unique to you. I've been there before. I've walked through some stuff. You see that humility is is an important part. The Bible says humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Now anytime in scripture you see a reference to the hand of God, it's always a reference of three things. First of all, it's a reference to his plan. How many of you know God has a plan for you? Even in spite of the attacks, in spite of the season that you're in and the feeling that you carry, God has a plan. Peter knows this well because Jesus came to him and said, hey, I know you're fishing for fish, but follow me. I'm going to make you a, a fisher men." God's hand is all about his plan for you. It's also, number two, about his provision for you. Don't you think Peter, when he's writing this now in his older years, he's reflecting on his moments and experiences with Jesus, and he remembers the day that that little boy came in with that sack lunch, two fish and five loaves of bread, and there were 5,000 people on the hillside, and Jesus was like, how are we going to feed them? And nobody had a clue. Jesus knew what he was going to do. And Jesus took that two fish and five loaves. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it, and he provided You see, God's hand is not just about his plan, but it's also about his provision. Can I tell you, the Lord has exactly what you need to be liberated from fear, worry, and anxiety. The weight that you carry, his hand is strong enough. His plan is dynamic, and his provision is powerful if you trust his care. God's hand is about his plan, it's about his provision, and it's about his protection. Don't you think Peter remembered about being in the boat and that storm came and Jesus was walking to them on the water. Who was it that got out of the boat? It was Peter. Who was it that sank? It was Peter. But who was it that lifted him up? It was Jesus. I want you to know this, that even when you feel like the waves are over your head, they're still under the feet of Jesus. Jesus is walking on that stuff. And with his hand, he reached down and he pulled Peter up. It's about his plan, it's about his provision, it's about his protection. Humble yourself. How do you humble yourself? Verse seven, by casting all of your anxiety on him. Think about this, the best way to humble yourself is to cast your cares. The worry, the anxiety, the fear that weighs you down cast it. Now again, Peter, as a fisherman, understood what it meant to cast. Remember when Jesus says, hey, you're fishing on the wrong side. Cast your nets on the other side. Peter has this picture in his mind when he says cast. That word in the Greek is not just a simple toss, but it's to throw violently. It's something that's intense. It's like to take it and fling it as far as you possibly can. You know, anxiety, this word in the Greek is really a, it's a compound word. It's two words that are mashed together, and it literally means this. Anxiety means to divide, to separate, to cut into pieces, and to tear apart the mind. Some of you are feeling this daily. You're feeling the tearing apart. The, 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 the division, the, the, the torment in your mind. In fact, I, I, was, I want to show you this video quickly. Uh, three weeks ago, my son sent me this. This is a, a picture of our backyard, okay? Uh, he's, he's taken this video, and behind our house, we have this big pond. I want you to see all the fish. Look at those. Thousands of fish. This was on a Sunday afternoon. He's in the backyard. He shoots us this video and says, What is happening in the pond behind our house? Literally thousands of fish. Unbelievable. Now, many of you know the the temperature has been so hot for so long. So the water temperature was so warm. Do you remember that storm that came in about three weeks ago and it actually hailed? It rained and the water temperature in our backyard changed so quickly that the oxygen levels in that water changed. It put so much stress on that pond that those fish, it's called turning, a pond will turn over. Those fish couldn't breathe. I thought, you know what? This is a picture of how some of you feel. Some of you have such anxiety, it is suffocating your soul. The oxygen levels inside of you can't even keep up and you feel like you can't even breathe do you know one of the things when it comes to casting your cares it's flinging it's throwing violently it's getting those things off of you and throwing them to god and then there's some things that you need to do to help you in fact i'll say this there's a this terminology called breath work okay in fact i want you to do this i want everybody i want you to take a deep breath and for five seconds i want you to breathe in ready Okay, now hold it for five seconds. Don't breathe. Okay, now exhale for five seconds. You know what's interesting? This simple breathing technique can reset some of your body gauges. When you're breathing in, I want you to think about when God breathed into Adam, when God created him. He was inactive but in, when, the, when the Holy Spirit was breathed upon Adam, life came to him. If some of you would just take a deep breath and then you envision, man, the work of God in me. When you hold that breath for five seconds, it's an indication of, okay, God, you're at work. I feel something happening here. And then when you exhale, it's like saying, God, thank you. I know that you're with me. I know that you're for me. You see, when, when we cast our cares... You can't just stay empty-handed. Otherwise, you may be tempted to go back to that thing and pick it up again. You know what you got to do? You got to lay hold of some things. You got to lay hold of the Word of God. When you cast your cares, you're going to empty some things, but then you got to grab a hold of something and say, you know what, this book is my lifeline. Man, you got to lay hold to times of worship times of prayer. You got to lay hold to the scriptures. I talked to one guy. He's, he took some, he used that Bible promise book that we'd given out several months ago, and he took one of the promises of God and wrote it on a little slip of paper, and he put it in his shoe. I'm like, why are you putting it in your shoe? He said, because I'm standing on the promises of God, and every step that I take, I know his word is sustaining me, ordering my steps. You know, and I've told you this. There's a little practice that I have. I've got scriptures that I keep inside my vehicle. I put it up on the visor, and when I'm driving to places, I'll take out those scriptures, and I'll just begin to speak them over my life, over this church, over my family. There's something about letting go of worry, anxiety, and fear, but then you have to grab a hold of something. You've got to put your, your hand to something. Philippians chapter 4, the Bible says in verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Then what happens? The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Can I have a good amen? You need to be equipped Man, when you fling your worries, when you cast your anxieties, then you got to reach out to the word. I'm humbling myself, and I realize I don't have this on my own. But then I'm casting my cares, and I'm grabbing hold of God's word. The Bible says this in verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. How many know the scripture says that the devil is like A roaring lion. He's not the lion. How many know we serve the lion of the tribe of Judah? The devil is into camouflaging and counterfeiting everything that Jesus is. He's like a lion, but guess what? This lion's on a leash. And this lion is a liar. Can I have a good amen? Worry and fear and anxiety will lie to you, and you gotta call that stuff out. Peter says that he's walking around like a roaring lion. He doesn't come in ambush. He's full frontal. He's making his announcement. He's trying to dominate you through intimidation. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And look at what it says in verse 9. Scripture says, resist him. Be firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. The last thought, and then I want to close Uh, Not only do we humble ourselves, not only do we cast our care, but the scripture instructs us to resist the enemy. You know what that word resist means? In the Greek, the word resist means to stand against. It means to confront face to face. Let me tell you this. It's hard to worry about a problem that you're, working on consistently, but making progress, even if it's just small, little by little. When you stand face to face and confront it, I believe that God's telling some of you today, square your shoulders back. Don't tuck your tail and run. Stop. And you face that thing that's coming against you. I remember when I was a a boy, I went to visit a friend of mine after church one Sunday. He lived on a farm. A lot of property, a lot of acres. They had cattle and, and had horses and had all kinds of things to do. And so hanging out with him, he had older brothers. And so they decided to go next door to talk to the neighbor next door. It took a while to get there. We had to ride some four-wheelers to get to the neighbor's house, but we pulled up, and the neighbors had a, a little yap dog. One of these little, and honestly, look, y'all, so I I can remember when we pulled up and everybody got out and we started walking, I was scared at that dog. Now, my friends and, and their older brothers, they stood their ground. It's like they totally ignored the dog. But for me, I ran. And guess who the dog chased? Right, me, little yap dog, was chasing me all over the yard. I ran up, I I, I ran and jumped in the back of a pickup truck. That dog, I'm telling you, I could have put it in my back pocket. I'm thinking about it now, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed. But you know what, the the fear was real. And I couldn't couldn't even believe, how are these guys so brave? And here I am, I'm, I'm held hostage on the back of a pickup truck. And they were just talking, didn't even pay any attention. And I I was like, well, wait a second. I outweigh that dog by a lot. Something inside of me said, get off the back of that truck. Jump down and man up to this thing. So guess what? I did, and I kicked a rock at that dog. And guess what that little dog did? Took off running. I thought ain't so bad. I'm going to get up in this conversation with my friends. What's up, fellas? (laughs) Listen, I, I had to confront some things. Because as long as I was running, it would chase me. And the devil will use worry, fear, and anxiety to chase you. Stand your ground. Because the greater one lives inside of you. The Bible says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Listen, it doesn't say that weapons won't be formed. Some of you, you see those weapons and you know they've been formed. But the scripture says they won't prosper against you. Stand your ground. God was telling me that day on the back of that pickup. He said, Mike, the only power that dog has over you is the power that you give it. And I believe that today... God's wanting to help some people because anxiety and fear have stolen from you long enough. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.